um, Remy and Sonny. So Sonny is my baby brother. Um, and they're actually the only two family who live in Sydney. And we were all in lockdown, well not lockdown, but Sydney was cut off to the rest of Australia at that point in time. Um, and we're also, I mean, incredibly close to them. So it made sense to have our only two family members um, in Sydney as our, as our two legal witnesses. Hello and welcome to the You and Me podcast. Today we have Real Bride Jasmine, who is the founder and owner of Australian sleepwear company um, called Jasmine and Will. So you might be familiar with some of her sleepwear um, and it's obviously really timeless quality and affordable sleepwear. So we're going to listen to Jasmine today and hear all about her um, elopement um, and how her wedding plans changed in what the world was with COVID in 2020. Um, she was meant to get married in Tuscany and yeah, had to change some plans. So we'll be listening. So hello, Jasmine, how are you? I am well, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we can't wait to hear, um, we're just talking a bit off air before about your wedding and how it's gone a bit kind of viral on Instagram. Lots of reposts and brands <laughs> posting because um, you absolutely looked beautiful on your wedding day. So we can't wait to hear all about it about it but we might start off with um if you'd like to tell us a little bit about yourself sure um gosh well uh as you said i'm the founder of sleepwear brand jasmine and will so based in based in sydney having spent um quite a few years actually living abroad and working in finance um and like many decided to have a career change and that was about five years ago when i oh, launched wow. jasmine and will so yeah, not long ago so <laughs> <laughs> Not too long ago, no. Wow, what a career um, pivot. That's a whole other podcast in itself. <laughs> it is quite the pivot, yeah, from from accounting and finance into the the wild west, which is um, fashion. So, What, ma- what made you yeah. choose to change? To be honest, it was actually the category. So sleepwear, um, I would come home from working in Dubai and London, and we really only had um, one well-known Australian sleepwear brand, uh, which I'm sure everyone can can guess. Yep. Um, yeah. And there just wasn't really anything that was, you know, um, relaxed, classic kind of wear time and time again that timeless style. Um, and I just saw a bit of bit of a hole in the market, I guess. And I thought, well, I might give that a crack. Um, and I actually started it as a side hustle. Um, while I was working in Dubai in finance. And once it got legs and it was at a point where it could sustain me, um, I came home and ran it full time. Wow. wow. Do you know, it's funny yeah. you say that you started as a side hustle because we interviewed Christy Baird, who owns Loho Bride, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And her um, episode just dropped on Monday and it was an amazing chat, but she said very similar stuff. She had, she knew there was a gap in the market and she knew that you had to do it as a side hustle to make sure that what you were providing was what people needed before you could just quit and take on the world because I think a lot of people sometimes think oh my gosh only five years like how did you get there and what did you do and it's a bit of a labor of love and especially if you started there and then moved home because where did you get all your product produced was it locally in Australia no so I actually started in Indonesia 
Um, yeah. And I think you go, you go with what you know. So, um, you know, Australians, we visit Bali and Indonesia and I started there. Uh, and then it became apparent that our volume um, and quality kind of surpassed the factories that I was using there. Yeah. And we went um, to China at that stage. We have, like, post-COVID tried to work with our local factories. I'm mm. huge on supporting the local industry. But at the end of the day, we also have businesses to run. And yeah, the absolutely. cost to produce locally for us was four times the cost of producing in China. And it's so hard to balance because our motto is fewer, better, longer. So we're all about yeah. quality. Mm. Yeah. But we want to do it at a price that's accessible for our customers. Like we want to be in the homes of Australians, right? Yeah. Everyday Australians. Yeah. And we can't produce in Australia and provide ourselves with enough margin to run a business. So you get yeah. really caught up in it. It's really hard. It's um, really, really, really tough. hard. Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of that a, a really hard thing with Australia is that I think that a lot more brands would probably produce locally if it was accessible and affordable because the rate of living has gone up, but the rate of wage has not in the same. <laughs> you know, in the same measure. So we've got all these additional expenses, but, you know, kind of not being potentially compensated and then being able to buy and, and produce and service what we need to. So oh, it's a long battle, but you know what? It's one of those things that if you, if it was as, if it has been as successful as it has been for you in the last five years only to be able to quit a full-time fight and, you know, you're in finance, you are, incredibly in tune with what it costs to run a business and how to run it successfully and what money like you know to be able to then pick up your life and come back here and be like this is this is it this is my career now and this is what I'm doing is a you know a massive testament and super exciting to you so working over there and living over there how did you meet your partner Sam Sam isn't it well actually yes it's yep. Sam um we didn't actually meet until my return to Australia. So we have been together for just over two years, actually. So we were yes. together for a year um, and then married after another year. So um, I actually met Sam, the modern love story, online. Yes. Um, despite being, um, being a slow uptake, I would say, on the online dating scene. So I came home yeah. from Dubai. I think I was... Um, I was 30 and at that stage a lot of my friends were married and having kids and yeah. their life had kind of transitioned to that next part. Yeah. Um and I was I was still, you know, the single girl. Um my key focus was my business and my yeah. business was my baby. Uh so um with different time allocation. And I'm so old-fashioned that online dating just wasn't something that appealed to me. And it was pretty much my family and friends that all encouraged it. And I was yeah. really stubborn yeah. um, to get started. Yeah. <laughs> and my, I think it was my young cousin that signed me up. But that oh. is actually how we ended up meeting. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's like when potentially when we're 20, we might meet some semi-decent guys at the pub. You're not meeting anyone decent on a night out at a pub or a club literally over the age of 28 like it's just it's just yeah. not gonna happen there's just those that are what you want are probably not there and out looking for love at like you know the local bar so I feel totally. like that's way more common for people our age to meet their partners like this than it is just to go and meet through friends or meet you know on a night out 
Heaps yeah. more I mean, and honestly, it really, it really surprised me. And when I met Sam online, uh, we spoke quite a lot before we went out on our first date. And it, become, it became really um, immediately apparent that we shared the same family views. Yeah. Um, he also, um, his, his background is finance. He's been an expat for a really long time. We had such oh, a wow. similar life in so many ways and such similar families. And we yeah. even, both of us, I grew up in um, Bundaberg, country town in mm-hmm. north, um, up north. Um, and he's from Hobart and Tassie. So um, even just from our similar kind of childhoods from smaller smaller towns and smaller yeah. cities um, yeah. to both ending up overseas in finance, you know, expat roles. So Amazing. Um, it was, you know, I would highly encourage, I guess, um, and I was honestly the biggest pessimist. So. <laughs> <laughs> so if it can work for you, it can work for anyone listening. Anyway, totally, totally. The modern love story, absolutely. The modern love story. Yeah, I met my partner yeah. on Tinder. Oh, did which, you? See, there you lie, go. We lie about. We say we met in a bar. Um, <laughs> it is I actually it, awkward at first, isn't it? When people ask you, yeah, you kind of look at Tinder. each other like, "Who's going to break first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we made like a full cover story when we first met to tell his parents and family and friends. I still think that they don't know that we met on Tinder, actually. I hope you're not um, listening to this, we're mobs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. We met on Bumble. Bumble was the platform mm. we met on. So yeah, it's it. a little bit more classier than Tinder, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm not upmarket Tinder. Bumble. Oh, and Look, so, it works. It works. Well, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Doesn't matter how. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. you you were just saying before you met and were together for a year and then were engaged and then married within the that's next right. year. So how that's did right. we kind of still in that like incredible honeymoon period when you first meet someone and it's you know I think things are just like it's almost like a little bit of a cloud and then. You might not have been looking. Did you know this was coming or were you not looking for a proposal at all and then he's just surprised you? Um, well, he surprised me with the proposal, but I knew it was coming, I yes, guess. Okay. And yeah. I, you know what? When you, when you get to, what was I? So I was 34, I think, when we got engaged. So when you get to a certain age, you have adult conversations. You totally. know, like we're both running our own businesses. Yes. We're living together. Sam has a son from another marriage who's part of our lives. So there's lots of adult conversations that happen. And yeah. um, so, you know, it's not like the movies, but um, <laughs> but the, we still, you know, really got to enjoy that honeymoon stage. It's just slightly different, I guess. Mm. Like we pretty much made the decision together. We were yeah. like, look, yeah. like, we're going to get married. And then he, um, he proposed... In Byron Bay, actually, we were having a weekend away. Oh, and nice. yes, he proposed with a gold band, actually, and then we chose a ring together after, afterwards. So Beautiful. yeah, and yeah, except he couldn't get a hold of my dad, which was which was a bit of a delay. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd been trying to trying to call my dad, and he wasn't answering his phone for the first day. He was out on a boys' golf trip or something. Um, <laughs> so apparently, he managed to in the in a in a bathroom call him while we were having a drink on our second or third day on holidays. Oh, no way. <laughs> and he finally got the, got the go-ahead. <laughs> and he waited until he got your dad's go-ahead before he proposed. Good he did, job. he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and so had you guys always, um, had you envisioned going back overseas to elope? Was that your, uh, to have a wedding? Was that your, your initial plans? 
you know what? I, the honest story is, so we were meant to get married in Tuscany, as you're saying. Yep. So um, it was my mum's 60th this this year, and um, my family kind of live all over the world. I've got three other siblings, and we were all meeting up in Italy um, for mum's 60th. Oh, and amazing. we got well, yeah, we got yeah. engaged at kind of Christmas time, and so we we we. <laughs> Mum, would you mind if maybe we just kind of like tagged our wedding on to your sixtieth? <laughs> Let's just make it a family affair, Mum. <laughs> um, because we had decided that we were only going to have a small wedding anyway. I think it was yep. thirty people in total. It was our immediate family, and then our very best close friends who all actually live over, pretty much live overseas as well. Given that we both spent most of our adult life overseas yeah and so actually Italy logistically just kind of made made the most sense yeah um and it also allowed us just to have a really small intimate wedding um so you know we we planned the wedding and and had a villa and I bought my dress and um the invitations were done etc and it's funny because COVID hit and I saw it first in my business because we manufacture in China you know that was where we saw it first and that was yeah. quite a period actually before it hit Australia so yeah. it was actually at Christmas in January I started seeing some serious issues with our manufacturing we ended up freighting stock out of China into Indonesia finishing it there because they've gone into lockdowns and then bringing it in oh my so there God. was just this unsettled feeling yeah um you know I'm trying to manage a business that's relying on China that's currently in lockdown we continued yeah. to to plan our wedding but there yeah. was just a sense of I'm just not quite sure about yeah. this yeah. and that at that feeling. point nobody really nobody really thought it was a big deal thought that it was going to hit here yeah. right like, I mean that's true you know and a hundred percent there's no way that I think anybody looking at where we are now would have thought that this time last year not a that's chance. right mm. yeah and you know we were hearing certain politicians say you know it's the China problem you know (laughs) and well you know we are the generation of travel aren't we and Mm. um we are so global and we have such access to all different parts of the world so so readily yeah that of course it was going to spread right um so in march once it had obviously reached our shores and things were starting to look serious and it was a bit of a scary time actually in business and personally i think for everyone um we made the call and we just said, this is not going to happen. I think there was a lot of brides that um, were holding on, you know, mm. thinking maybe we'll defer it for a year. A lot of people yeah. also got massively stuck financially because they yes. paid these huge deposits for international weddings and they weren't going to get them back. And mm. realistically, the only financial thing to do was just to push it a year later, right? Yeah. yeah. In the hope that they could could get their deposits um well, not back, but use them, right? Well, utilize them. Um, yeah. yeah. So we were really lucky in that that um, we were able to to get our villa refunded, and we hadn't overinvested oh, in supplies and stuff. We were so close to signing all the contracts, and oh. there was just this gut feeling that something wasn't right. Do you know what? And so we we're intuition. really, really fortunate. Yeah, yeah, but just super fortunate, you know. And um, and at that point, like our health and our and and you know, running businesses through COVID and everything just became our priority and our yeah. families and making sure that everybody was safe. You know, like it was just a total shift of focus. The wedding yeah. didn't, not that it didn't matter. The marriage mattered, but the yeah. wedding just didn't matter yeah. to us after that. Um, 
And, you know, we kind of said goodbye to Tuscany. Yeah. And then I think it was around May. We actually thought, let's reschedule it for Australia. And then it just, honestly, it just kept kicking off. And we're like, this is also not going to work. Because all of our friends and some of our family are overseas, even that small group of 30. And they're not going to get into the country. Um, And no one was leaving their homes. So we're like, you know what? Let's just ask our family if they mind if we elope. <laughs> yeah. And we spoke to our families and they were like, go for it, you know? And we did. And and we were like, right, let's just, you know, pick a date. We both love summer. So we wanted to do something as close to, to summer as possible. And Palm Beach is an area that we love and and it's it's close to us. We picked a house that was very much our style. And a restaurant that we absolutely adore. And we just decided to throw ourselves a little party, really. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's how it all happened. Yeah. And so the time between you guys deciding that this is just not going to happen, we're going to have to elope, to actually eloping, how long was that? It was only a few months, actually, because yeah. we kind of threw the idea around. But but like I said, our focus was on, on running businesses and just... You know, not breaking up during COVID, really. Um, <laughs> but that is so true. Yeah. Um, um, so I think it was, gosh, maybe three months. Yeah. And we, we pretty much, like, kept it a secret, except, obviously, we wanted our family to know and to yeah. be involved in a few decisions that were made. I called my mum and I was like, Mum can you send me your wedding dress? And she's like, okay, why? And I said, can I chop it into a mini dress? And she's like, yeah, sure. And so the next thing, mum's wedding dress arrives in the mail. Um, and I took it to, to Jess at Jandrietta and I said, can we chop this into a mini? Um, and we we played around with it, but the lace on it had become so fragile and, yeah. and delicate that what we ended up doing was Jess sourced pretty much exactly the same polka dot tool that my mum had, and yeah. then we created a mini dress. Oh, for wow. That. So it was inspired so from your mum's dress. <laughs> so it was a bit guns and roses. Um, and That's so pretty, though. Yeah. Did you oh. always want a mini dress? Like, would would you have had the same sort of dress at your wedding if you had it overseas than an elopement? Well, I still have my other wedding dress. It's actually still at the store and I do need to go and collect it. But um, you know what? As a kid, I was always the one that wanted the Guns N' Roses wedding dress. You know, I wanted November rain situation. Um, so a long, a long veil. I loved that film clip. Love like it. a long veil and a short dress was wow. yeah. was. To me, I've got two other sisters, so I would say out of the three of us, I think everyone had their bets on me being the one that wore a mini dress. Yeah. So, and it was pretty funny. My One of my aunties messaged me saying, she goes, I knew it. I'm so glad finally one of you girls has worn a mini dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like so um, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It was fun. I, my original dress um, was a Monique Lullier, um long big floaty tuscan gown right and given that we decided just to go to dinner at a restaurant as our reception um it just didn't feel right like it just felt way too formal so um and a mini dress just felt brought an element of fun because whilst we absolutely loved eloping and i highly recommend it um I think that perhaps having my old dress that I originally had purchased and things would would maybe kind of be a little bit of a dampener on the day in a way. So, yeah. um, remind you of what could so, have been. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that not that mm. we um I, but I wouldn't do it any other way now. Yeah. But I guess, nah. you know. Now that you've had that type of wedding, are you just so happy and glad that that's the way it panned out? Yes, and because we also have an amazing excuse just to throw a big party and I'll go and pick up my wedding dress. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. will you wear that wedding dress? And there'll dress be no the pressure. <laughs> yeah. Why not, right? It needs to get a wear. Oh, my gosh, it's got to get a wear. You have to. That's such a you great way to, to do it, though, I think. Just have so, that elopement like, and the pressure's <laughs> off. You're not having that grand yeah you know 120 to 200 guests and the pressure and the stress it's just so so nice photos and they're getting ready and that and as much as all of that stuff is really wonderful and I and I enjoyed doing it in such a casual way which is what we did like we all got up and went for a swim to get that for our elopement when I say we all as in the four of us because there was all of four but um you know we got up we went for a swim had a bacon and egg roll because that's what a bride (laughs) does the morning of a wedding um you know and I loved it um had a champagne with the boys so we got to kind of sharing the day and it wasn't until I put my dress on that the boys kind of exited the room but um it was really fun the way we did it and I think actually just being able to throw a party and celebrate with everyone will also be a lot of fun and that pressure of a really formal wedding day is removed it's you just get to celebrate you do and do you know what at the end of the day that is what a wedding is it's a celebration of you guys whether or not you do it like whether or not you have a massive one on the day or a tiny one at the end of the day the message is still the same you are getting together with the people that you love to celebrate your love that's it whether it be massive or tiny that's it our actually a couple our first wedding back on Friday they had 30 and they're having a huge party next year and the pressure, yeah. they said the weight off their shoulders was just astronomical and now they can just look forward to the next year and to enjoy to celebrate with everybody, which is really cool. You know really what? Cool. I think one of the best things to come out of these COVID weddings is that everyone's taking it back to basics. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think the Insta wedding is less of a priority for people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of sad that I think social media has created this arena of competition in a way, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, oh, totally. and brides feel like they have to compete and they have to have this at their wedding and it has mm-hmm. to be this big and it has mm. to have these brands and stuff. And it just, mm. it's just gotten further and further away from what, what it, it really means, what a wedding is, a marriage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Between two people, right. not between the internet. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, I think, um, we're seeing, um, we're seeing a humbleness return to weddings and it's, it's, it's really nice to see. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be, it's nice to be a part of now that there's not as much pressure to get that one picture. And I think that's what people don't understand as well. They wonder why weddings cost so much money and why they can't achieve this one particular picture for Instagram. And it's like, it's just, it's literally been made for one picture, which is crazy because a wedding is made Mm. for you two, not for a picture. With, with planning it and booking your spaces and doing everything in such a short amount of time, did you have, or did you find that any, there was a challenge to get a photographer or were you struggling to make the decision of what to include or who to include because you had such a small amount of time? Um, you know what? Um, we, so Jess sorted out my dress um, I think like any bride, you have like little bits of anxieties, even though we were just eloping and it was just for us. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I was really worried that my dress was a bit too short just before the wedding. And then I honestly, it was like three days before and I was like, I've not put enough effort into the decorations. Like, yeah. have I done enough? Yeah. Like, you do have those, you know, as I have, I approached this too casually, you know, and I'm quite an organized person. But at the time that we were preparing to get married, not only were we in the middle of COVID, um, working remotely, running yeah. business, running staff, we were also um, preparing to relocate to Queensland um, oh for gosh. work as well. So at the, the same week that we got married, we also moved interstate and we were packing up a house, packing up businesses. You know, and, wow. and then I was like, have I done enough? Like, you know, have I done enough for this wedding? Um, so was it hard to find supplies and things? Not really. I actually just turn to the people I knew and use every day. Um, I didn't, didn't kind of stray. So we were lucky with, um, photographer. It was Alice Moran, who's phenomenal. Um, just as a person and as a photographer, she was actually meant to come to Tuscany to capture us because she was relocating back home, which is over in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's been stuck in Australia with COVID and her family and she's had, you know, she like many, like, I think her family haven't even met their daughter, um, Nova. And, you know, so she has really struggled with the family element of COVID and restrictions and not being able to see her family who are all overseas. Um, So it was actually really nice to have her there on the day because she just, she was all about the COVID wedding and she got it. She knew that we were meant to be in Tuscany. So we'd kind of gone through the journey together. Yeah. Um, and so that was it, we were so fortunate to have her here, actually, um, because she was meant to have relocated overseas. For flowers, um, I used Georgia from House of Ivory, who is the florist I always um, always use in Sydney. Uh, she does all of our florals for Jasmine and Will, etc. And she was awesome. Like I said to um, <laughs> I said to Georgia, this is honestly the weekend before the wedding. I really want that fishtail palm thing. <laughs> in some kind of wreath on the back of my car. I've drawn it on my phone with the squiggly button. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's my vision. <laughs> Here's my artistic impersonation. <laughs> and it was literally a photo of the back of my car and me with a green pen squiggling all over the back of it. And she's like, okay, yeah. That, um, it's I'm cool. Sure we we'll do this. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll swing by the office if you're there this weekend and we can trial it out. And no joke, she walked in with this huge bucket of palm and ribbon and just started tying it all up and creating this wreath. And then we walked over and tied to the car and I was like, perfect, done. Um, and that was honestly the weekend before. And I was like, you know, I just envisaged like a terracotta pot. I, I want a terracotta pot. I like the idea of a terracotta. I just want a terracotta pot full of, full of flowers. <laughs> and even on the day, it was 40 degrees. It was so oh, damn hot. Georgia was there. A mini dress. And, and the flowers were all starting to kind of go each and every way. She had to get in the car and drive somewhere and get all this foam so that they would stay upright. And she yep. just she just made it work, right? And it was one pot of flowers, but she made it work. Where did you um, have and that then pot? Her, was that on the table or like how did you start? Yeah, just the whole on the elopement? table. You know what? We just had, um, and again, the week before, I went and bought a tablecloth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> from pickets in in Wallara I just wanted kind of St Bart's tropical vibe the house is really beautiful lots of palm trees all white and we just did um like a green tablecloth a big terracotta pot and some champagne glasses because we just stood in front of that and got married and then we jumped in my car and drove to the restaurant and had dinner my god I love it that was literally the day so um yeah so it was a very simple table to somewhere that we could sign um 
it's something that's something there for I guess to have for the photos but I mean, you know, I wasn't going to go and stand under some big floral arrangement for a wedding of four like it just didn't yeah. feel right yeah yeah you know it, it probably so would it have felt like simple. everything that you were just describing before about doing things for Instagram or the internet where it doesn't actually need to be there or doesn't isn't really you guys it was super simple and it was so us. Like it's everything that I would have in my cupboard at home, essentially, you know, a terracotta pot, a nice, um, it was kind of a, it was a little bit bohemian, but a florally tablecloth, etc. Um, It was, and it was our champagne flutes from home that I just yep. brought with us. You know, Love it was it. nothing out of the ordinary. And that's what I'm saying. It's so funny because even though I'm not a competitive person and I didn't have an Instagram wedding, I myself before I was like, have I done enough? Have I done enough? Of course. You know, yep. like, yep. oh, you know. Yeah. Should I have put more effort into this? You know, maybe I should have sourced five different, you know, florists and, you know, had this whole whatever. Um, And now I look back and I'm like, what a ridiculous anxiety that was, Mm. you know. Like it was actually perfect. It was just very us. Yeah, yeah. And that is the epitome of what a wedding should be. It should be the couple in a day, really. And if you're not... If you're not into anything or it doesn't mean something to you or you don't think you need it or you do kind of say no and then maybe second guess yourself for not the right reasons, it's still not supposed to be there for you, you know. Who did you – um your two – did you have family, sibling, friends? Who was with you on your wedding day? Because you said it was just the four of you. Yep, just the four of us. So um, Remy and Sonny. So Sonny is my baby brother. Yep. Um, and they're actually the only two family who live in Sydney. And we were all in lock, lock, well, not lockdown, but Sydney was cut off to the yep. rest of Australia at that yep. point in time. Um, and we're also, I mean, incredibly close to them. So it made sense to have our only two family members um, in Sydney as our as our two legal witnesses. Yep. Um, and, you know, they both enjoy, you know, um, a few glasses of champagne and, <laughs> and bacon and egg roll the morning after just as much as we do. So um, <laughs> it, it worked. <laughs> and really like with your wedding day, it sounded just so, so incredibly beautiful for something that was a plan B, but almost sounded as if it kind of was like a plan A in disguise um was there anything is there anything out of that day that you say that's the most memorable thing that we had or that we did or is there is there a part that really stood out to you that's probably the most memorable part of your day that's hard isn't it Mm. you know the day goes so fast and even though we eloped and it was smaller and we didn't have a thousand people to say hello to and everything it felt like it went so fast I guess I just have flashes of kind of um memories of moments together during that day so um you know there was a lot of laughs like my little brother so he walked me what we called down the aisle, which was actually just the staircase at the side of the house. <laughs> and we realized because we didn't do a practice or anything, right? We just started walking down. Um, we both didn't fit the width of this tiny little staircase. <laughs> so I would do <laughs> I would do one step and he'd do another step. So we we're already laughing, like getting down the aisle, I guess. Um, and there was just really funny moments. I mean, also the fact that it was 40 degrees yeah. and we had no air conditioning. Oh. So I spent I spent a portion of, of the day um, and we've got the funniest videos in front of a fan 
just holding a glass of champagne with my veil on, um, following the fan just to get the air. But, um, you know, I think Sam kind of collecting me in, in, um, well, he was driving my car, which was nice, but, um, you know, jumping in the car and then we put on all of our favorite music while we drove, um, from, from our house in Palm Beach to birds. Like it was just really fun. Yep. Yeah. We had the roof down and then I think also cutting the cake. So we had a really old school, um, like three tier cake with a bride and groom on top of it and they were in the restaurant and they just, um, yeah, and it was all piped. It was kind of inspired, actually. It was um, by some really old wedding cakes. Like I found some images on on Instagram that is from really the sixties. Cool. Yeah, and um, cutting the cake was really fun. So we still did that. Like the waiters just brought it. We literally just had a table in the restaurant, right? We didn't even decorate the table. It was just really fun sitting in. The boys had tuxes on. I had my dress on, <laughs> and we just sat in was the restaurant like in and we had this amazing dinner. People sitting there. Were they all yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people were sending champagne over to the table. Oh, how fun. Yeah, and then this huge cake came out and we um we cut the cake and, you know. So there's just, it was just, it's flashes of, of moments, I think, um, that that you hold the dearest on yeah. those, those yeah. days. You know, from the funny things of stuff not quite working out, like not quite fitting down the staircase together, um, you that. know, through to those... Um, really memorable moments like cutting the cake and, and even our, our vows. Um, although I mainly remember the sweat dripping down the back of my <laughs> legs. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he so was standing good. outside. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's that's probably, yeah, not one particular memory. Yeah, Just and um, I think you've actually made me want to elope now. That sounds perfect. <laughs> like it sounds... It sounds like you had an amazing day. I yeah, I just love every single little detail that you've explained and just those imperfect things like walking down the stairs with your brother and sitting in the middle of a restaurant like it just sounds like it's off a movie or something like I it sounds <laughs> ideal. Um so now it that was you're very ma- fun. Yeah, so now that you're mm. married, what's the best advice you can give to couples? Um on their wedding day? Yeah. <laughs> um you know what? Um, someone else asked me this, and I think the best thing you can do on your wedding day is have the right attitude. You know, like if you are doing it for the right reasons and you're all about the marriage, it doesn't matter what goes right, what goes wrong, or anything in between. Like if you've got the right attitude, you're going to have a damn good time. You yeah. know, um, and I think that really is the only way to enjoy your day. Otherwise, you can get caught up in anxieties and pleasing other people and all these kind of things, right? I mean, we were pretty lucky we didn't have that. But, um, yeah, going to it with the right attitude. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jasmine, for coming to chat to us today. And even though it was not Tuscany, it sounded like it was just <laughs> the most magical day. And really, you guys, and, yeah, what an experience with, you know, just you two it's super special so thank you for joining us thanks Jess thank you thanks for having me thank you (laughs) speak soon bye thanks so much for listening to this episode of the you and me podcast if you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode you can head on over to our instagram page at the you and me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview 
If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining.